what percentage chance would you ascribe to these being fake? 100. There's no chance these are fake. Mike, come on. You, you, you would, you would accept a 100 to one bet. Yeah. Hello, and welcome to Your Mileage May Vary. We talk about sex and relationships. I am Keith. My co-host is Mike. Hey, Keith. I've been enjoying reading your show notes, Mike. That's a clever way to indicate to people who writes them, Keith. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to gradually uh, alienate our audience and turn you, turn you gay simultaneously. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would say they are pretty aggressively anti-woke, which could be uh, dangerous in this day and age. Not to me. Uh, Look, I mean, we don't uh, generate uh, any revenue on this show. We don't have advertisers. Um, We have a significant number of listeners, but not enough that like somebody's going to come track us down. Or I don't even know what people would do, and I don't really care. So, fair enough. And I'm not sure we actually have. Well, maybe we have said some things that could be cancelable. Not sure. I don't know how it works. It's sort of arbitrary. Yeah, that's right. Uh, mostly, um, mo- look, mostly I think that culture is around making examples of people. Uh, yeah. The most recent example is their attempts with Dave Chappelle. Mm-hmm. And um, this is, you know, nobody's going to make examples of us because nobody cares. So it's perfect. Like, we don't care. They don't care. The ideal yeah. mix. Yeah, we're uncancelable in some sort of, yeah, yeah we're not, we're not worth canceling. So we're, we're, we're safe right. for now. Uh, so, all right, before we get into it, uh, I'd like to let our listeners know that you may email us at ymmvpod at gmail.com if you're so inclined and you should be because we pay $15 for any feedback we receive there. We also endeavor to respond to everything we get in that inbox. So if you have any questions for the show or even, uh, private questions, we're here for you. Um, you said you had something you wanted to bring up at the beginning, Mike. Yeah, I was talking to a female friend. And this, so this is something that I, I think is more um, common than, well, look, if you talk to, if you talk to somebody like a, a lot of women, and I mean, if you, a lot of more, whatever, woke, whatever you want to call it, women, or if you just get on something like the sex subreddit, you, you wind up talking to women that have like what I would view as a, um, an unusual, not, not, not the, uh, the kind of incumbent way of looking at the world that women typically have when they have not been exposed to a lot of kind of different stuff. And also I think there's a selection bias, like people who are women who are going to participate in the sex subreddit may be different from your sort of average woman. Uh, whereas I'm not so sure that's so true for a man, like the vast majority of men enjoy porn, um, you know, are looking for sort of sexual gratification in various places. Anyway, so this is a woman who's in my view, more representative of kind of the midpoint of the curve of women. And I was talking to her and she was expressing kind of frustration about the fact that, uh, you know, men have these behaviors that are kind of like, you know, you could term them as sort of rapey or just wanting to have sex all the time, you know, focusing on the physical, not sort of, uh, caring as much about the emotional aspects, not wanting to be friends, you know, and, and, and this has, you know, she's an attra- attractive young woman. And so this has like uh, negative ramifications in her life. The obvious ones of like getting everything from getting cat called to like one night stands to guys sort of treating her badly or her friends and so forth. Okay. And so in order to like 
I was, I, I, so I, what I did is I prepared myself. We had another conversation a few days later and I, I prepared myself. I got some ammo because I didn't want to just like come off as like some sort of cr- total curmudgeon. And so I got some data about like, you know, the, uh, the way that Tinder likes are distributed showing that, uh, you know, um, men are sort of much more equal opportunity, whereas women tend to concentrate their likes among say, say the top 20% of attractiveness or whatever their profile, most attractive men mm-hmm. to show that like there is some asymmetry there. Um, and then, you know, some, some other data that I collected showing like, yeah, I mean like men's propensity, like there, there's a famous study, not, not fam- famous to me study that was done in the seventies and eighties where, uh, attractive men and attractive young men and young women went to a college campus and would proposition people the opposite gender. Uh, and zero percentage of the, 0% of the women propositioned uh, said, yeah, I'll, I'll come have sex with you. And 75% of the men propositioned, you know, young men propositioned <laughs> by these attractive young women said, yeah, I'll, I'll go right now and have sex with you. And like, these are just gender dichotomies. And so the point I was trying to make to her is like, look, like, I mean, it's obvious to, to you and me, Keith, but like the point I was trying to make is like, look, there are, there are these important gender differences and men do objectify women. And further than that, I was trying to make the point that like, look, there's nothing wrong with that. Cause I think in her, in her mindset, it's like, A, she has trouble believing it happens. Like, so they think this is interesting. Like she has Wait, trouble. On, I think this on. is common for women. What is, what is it yeah. in that sentence? Believing it, you said she has uh, yeah, trouble believing yeah. it happens. Sure. She has trouble believing. This is what I, yeah, this is part of what I thought was really interesting, but I think it's common. She had trouble believing that has trouble believing that men get so much gratification just out of like naked bodies, uncontextualized naked oh, bodies, people you don't know, uh, that men that men truly enjoy one night stands, and men do, by the way, yeah. uh, in many, you know, in most cases, that men, uh, you know, yeah, all these behaviors that are tr- tr- associated with maleness, I think, historically, like, traditionally. And then the other thing is, um, she, uh, because she has trouble believing that, she, you know, she her, her worldview is like, oh, you know, men and women should try should strive to behave the same, which is to treat each other like, you know, to, to want to have a friendship, have a relationship. Basically, she wants men to move over to being more female like. And I was having difficulty sort of helping her see the way I look at the world, which is that like men and women behave pretty differently. But the sort of conflict between those ways of behaving winds up being adaptive in the sense that like you wind up in a reasonable place because men have to, you know, modulate their behaviors and so do women. And you wind up in a relationship that's sort of compelling. I don't know. Is there anything in there compelling to you, Keith? Yeah, I think, well, okay. I think it's interesting to think about whose general experience is quote unquote worse. Uh, Her take seems to be that the oppressiveness of the male gaze and the sort of sophomoric and sex-focused approach of of men's uh, of the desire that she feels for men is tiresome. That, that's her. That was her general complaint there. Yeah, and she also doesn't. And this is important. She doesn't believe. She has yeah. difficulty believing. Also, I right. should point out that like she has a sister, no brother. She grew up in a single parent household with a mom. Sure, sure. So, sure. like, not a lot of male influences. Yeah. The as male a experience woman, is a little a bit girl. alien to her, more so than you. Yeah, are. like she, she genuinely, and like we didn't get into it that much, but like, and also, it's like, I mean, at some level, you're you're talking to somebody who's a friend, but not like a sex partner or something. So, I didn't want to be like, look, uh, listen to the <laughs> listen to the YMMV podcast. We're all just beaten off all the time. Like, I didn't want to say things <laughs> like that, but like, she, I think she genuinely has difficulty believing. She thinks that 
may, maybe putting putting words in her mouth, like she may think that like something bad has happened to all these men that make them behave in this way, or or that it's just like male dominance, like like it's some it's some uh, result of you know um, male oppression or men you know men kind of controlling too much or so much of of what goes on in the world, and then men are just you know, like oh you know because of that men are like oh well women are nothing we're going to belittle them, and I was trying to persuade her that no I. I I think that's got it. You have it backward. Like in any situation, men would behave like this in, in, or in almost any situation and almost any boy growing up is going to start becoming interested in porn just hormonally. Yeah. I think the male experience has some downsides to it too. Like my daily experience is one of essentially constant micro rejections from women. You know, you just walk down the street, you take the 200 milliseconds or whatever it takes to evaluate <laughs> sexual currency on every woman you pass. And most of them don't even make eye contact. Now, I think they're sort of adapted to not making eye contact because many times they, they do, they risk the dude like doing something sort of annoying or gross. And so, yeah, the male experience is one of like constant rejection and the one and the female experience is one of like constant unwanted advances. And yeah, there's some sort of compromise in the middle there, but neither experience is great but yeah i mean i think i think you're right which is that the yeah the 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 current setup and the current compromises that i guess we call relationships are are basically yeah they're adaptive they're sort of ideal given the uh, preconditions let me ask you this so i was i was thinking about it later and just as she has difficulty kind of believing on some level that like there's, you know, 50% of humanity who just want or whatever, maybe not super young and super old people, but you know, men in a certain age range, the great bulk of men that just really want to look at pussies. Right. They want to, you know, they just like have these extreme, like extreme, ex- constant prurient interests in the mm-hmm. same way I was, I was reflecting on it. And like, it's hard for me to believe, and maybe this is true for you too. It's hard for me to believe as a man, it's hard for me to understand how women don't have that. Like to well, me, it's like so completely a part of like the human condition for me that I'm like, how do you, how do you go re- go through life without just constant like sexual pleasure seeking? It's very hard for me to understand that. I don't know if hard to understand is the right word. It's, it's a little difficult to relate, but I'm over 40 years old. So I completely, I mean, my observations throughout life is that there's something profoundly different going on between the desires that that men have and women have. Like their experience is obviously very different from mine. I don't, yeah, maybe, yeah. I mean, I guess we're just discussing vocabulary here. It's whether I can understand it or not is different from whether I acknowledge it exists. Uh, so I, yeah, I do acknowledge it exists, but I don't know. I mean, life would just feel completely different if I wasn't thinking with my penis 87% of the time. Let me ask you this too, Keith. So I was chatting with one of our former guests who is a uh, reliable listener. So I know she'll hear this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she uh, told me that because I was trying to, I was trying to come up with scenarios where she could come back on the podcast and, 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 and titillate us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, uh, and, um, she, she was saying, you know, well, maybe I prompted her and, and it was like, look, you know, it's very difficult for her to find her own body sexual, you know, like she, yeah, it's just like kind of, and I, and I noticed this while watching cam girls too, like 
It amuses me when I see it because when there's a solo girl on, some of them are incredible. There was a cam girl I saw recently actually that I thought was top notch in terms of like really, really doing a good job simulating like that she was excited and stuff in the moment. It's really oh, hard to do that actually. Help, help and, a brother uh, next time and send me the link. It was pretty late. <laughs> uh, although, although importantly, importantly for people, uh, listeners, uh, I guess the, the overwhelming majority male listener base here, uh, if, if you, if you like a cam girl and you search her username, uh, you can always like, there are these sites that basically record their cam shows. Yeah. So this one yeah. probably wouldn't be attractive enough for you, Keith. So I'd be a little bit embarrassed. She was pretty attractive and she said that she'd been a stripper, but maybe not okay, quite at your level. It was, anyway, it was her acting that, that, that drew you in. She genuinely, she really genuinely seemed to be having a good time and like not fishing for tips and stuff. It was really unusual. Like it's almost always okay. like cam girls are just like trying to get money. They're like, oh, if you spin the big wheel and I'll stick this thing up my butt or whatever. And it's just, right, it's right. kind of boring because it's like very, it's so like a robotic. But anyway, one of the common things you see with cam girls is like, they just, you know, like, yeah, there's this dichotomy again. Like I'm looking at the woman and I'm like, God damn, like you got those big boobies, you got that, the vagina, you got that butt. And to me, it's really compelling, but to her, it's totally uncompelling. So anyway, we were, I was discussing this with his former guest. It's like, oh, well, it's, it's hard. And then she was trying to persuade us to masturbate in front of her, me. And I was like, that's, that's nobody wants, that's, that's impossible. So it's not happening. But, um, uh, but like, then I was thinking about it and like, uh, is this true for men too? That like, it's really difficult or impossible to sexualize yourself. Do you ever, like it is for women? have you ever masturbated in front of a mirror? Yes. Well, I look, I, yeah, pretty much anything like that uh, I've done. Like I've videoed, I've videoed, I've videoed things. Yeah, I've done various curiosity things like that. Sure. Did you find being in front of a mirror was additive, subtractive, or sort of neutral to the experience? The negative to it, uh, to anything uh, recording yourself, and people can do this on their cell phone, you know, easily, uh, is your eyes are just so dead. <laughs> <laughs> like you're just staring because, you know, you're looking at whatever content you're looking at into your eyes. So this is kind of weird. I don't, I don't yeah. like that part. Yeah. Uh, I guess for a woman, she'd probably be more likely to have her eyes closed. So then that's, but then you of course can't, <laughs> I guess you can record it and watch it back later. Um, but like, but generally I think, I think that maybe this is unusual for me, but I think that generally I do find my own like cock arousing a little bit. Like it's, I can, I see, I see. It's yeah. It's, I have like the maleness, right? It's like my arousal is compelling to me. Like oh, like this is sort of fun. Yeah, and like my own body can be arousing to me. I sort of find the same. You know, sometimes I'll be masturbating. Normally, it's like maybe I'm in a hotel, and hotels seem to have mirrors all over the place to try to create more space in the tiny rooms. I think, and yeah, I'll sort of see myself, and yeah, it can be mildly arousing. And then I get sort of embarrassed and like avoid looking at myself because it's it feels strange or uncomfortable or something. Yeah, you don't want to. You don't. You have to say no homo. Yeah, <clears throat> right. uh, yeah. Like one time, I remember one time, sort of recently, I was uh, in the position. I was seated, not standing, like he. Uh, <laughs> and uh, there happened to be like something it wasn't a mirror, but something that was reflective enough to my left, and I looked at it, and I could see my seated body not perfectly because it was a little fuzzy because it was not a mirror with my cock sticking out and my hand on it and i found that actually very arousing i was like whoa like that's because it was just so like it was that horizontal view where the cock is like really pointing out 
Yeah. But I was like, the, the head on, it's like, you can't see the size of it as much, but I, yeah, we, I think we were talking about this like last, within the last couple of weeks about how like other men's erect cocks are like bigger than you think they are or something like when you see them, you're like surprised because so I more, usually more impressive than they may seem. So then I did that to myself. I was like, damn. Now, I mean, this doesn't mean I want to play with other men's penises. I don't think. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's not, it's weird. Yeah, like I, yeah. I'm not, I'm not so aroused by it that like every time I masturbate, I want to do it in front of a mirror. It's not, it, it's, yeah, it's a little hard to explain, I guess. Let, let me ask you this though, Keith, like let's say that like the gender, let's say there was a, let's say you were a, well, a fairly well-known uh, sexually person, a porn star, like some some kind of a male, like but in the, enough of a female following that was compelling. And let's say your followers wanted to do like a paid cam show where you would do stuff. Would it be hard for you? Like, would you have the same problem that this uh, former guest had of like, it just would, yeah, it would be so unarousing. Like you, and, and, and honestly, like cam girls have too. Like, do you think it would be easy for you to kind of like, you know, put on a show for them? Or do you think it would just be like, you just be like, this is, this is really hard to do. Uh, I, well, I think there's two different questions there. The first is whether I can believe that, you know, my physicality is attractive to others. Yeah. Let's set that aside. Let's assume that these are women who have paid good money to watch yeah. you do this show. So you, so, so yeah, it's like, yeah. So you, you can leave the gender stereotypes in place, but just say like, look, for whatever reason, these are women that are like, that are get horny watching you. And that is a thing. Like there are, you know, that's a thing. So that, you know, you found the hundred women that really want to watch you do sure. sexual things. Sure. I don't know. I think so I was the second thing. I, I, the second thing is like, whether you can put on a show, whether you can perform. Oh, you're worried about not getting an erection. No, 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 no. I'm worried about like, <laughs> how do you do a, you know, a, a sexy camera dance as a striptease. Okay. So maybe men and women are in the same situation there. Like, yes, the women feel equivalently kind of silly, you know. Have you been... Sticking things up their butts or whatever. You've been to a strip club, surely. Oh, of course. Have we been to a strip club together? No, we haven't. Uh, (laughs) There are... There's quite a lot of variance in the the, uh, performance of the women. Like, some of them, like, really seem like they were born to do it. And some just, like, really feel awkward and you sort of feel bad for them while they're doing their, their pole dance. And I, yeah, I mean, normally I find that uncomfortable. Yeah. Normally I, the thing that, yeah, they don't, they, it's like they avoid eye contact with the audience. It's not totally true. The normal, the most common stripper is the one that sort of is looking a foot above everybody's head. Right. Like kind of a glazed look, maybe on some drug and is just like going through this like routine. Yeah. Yeah. And in, in the, it's just tough. And like your thought in your head is like, how long, <laughs> how long do you have to do this for? And then they come around afterward and want to give you a lap dance. Which right. Is Cause you're supposed to have been so overwhelmed by that sexy performance on the stage. Some people are, some people, I mean, yeah, some people love that stuff. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, okay. So, 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 so you, so we, so both men and women then maybe would feel it's, uh, in fact, in fact, I could see it being harder for, so while, <laughs> While perhaps we find ourselves, you know, on the sex subreddit, there are women that come on and say, oh, I look at myself in the earth, nude photos of myself and I get turned on. So maybe it's equal. Maybe it's just the same. Yeah, they, they have incentive to say that even if that's not the case, though. I still think it would be compelling to have a woman do some, you know, radio uh, sex acts on, on, on the podcast, on the though. 
Yeah. Okay. We yeah. can we can start exploring that again. I think we had a couple candidates that like might have worked out, but we we let those leads dry up. Uh, it's tough. It's tough. Yeah. So we're twenty minutes in here, but uh, I don't have a porn today. But I have another subreddit that I would like to run by you, and I'm not I'm not sure if you've seen it before. It's called forty uh, forty five fifty five. Have you seen this sub? I've not seen it before. Uh, do you want me to go there? And uh, so how do you spell it first? So our, 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 uh, I'll put it in the show notes, but so our listeners can get to it. Yeah, it's it's the words 4555. So F-O-R-T-Y-F-I-V-E-F-I-F-T-Y-F-I-V-E. Yeah, the important thing there is that the word 40 oddly doesn't have a U in it. People need to remember that. Yeah. Okay. This is uh, I've gotten there, and I'm I, I'm on I'm on hot right now. I haven't gone to top yet. I assume you want me to go to top, but I'm looking at the women. These these appear to be well. Maybe you want to review it, but I mean, like the, the, across the top, Reddit shows like maybe the most popular, some kind of a um, picture collage. These appear to be all women who are very thin and have breast implants. Uh, this first one, Kaylin, for sure. Are you are you seeing Kaylin as well? How do you know her name is Kaylin? It's that she has like a what is it called when you put something over the image so someone can't steal it? <laughs> a watermark. Uh, she has, oh, she I has see a watermark. Yeah. Okay, go on. Yeah. Uh, you you yeah, think would, she would, is or is I, not? I think those are fake. Okay. Uh, but okay. All right. Let me let me intro the subreddit. So, um, I guess somebody did some sort of study and. Breasts that have a natural shape and an upper to lower ratio. So it's, this means above the nipple and below the nipple of 45 to 55 is the most attractive. So in this setup, the nipples appear to be pointing slightly upward. And yeah, this, this subreddit claims that the beckoning breast is unanimously endorsed as the most attractive irrespective of age, gender, culture, or race, proving it's not about size. It's about shape. I think there still is a size component here. You, you, the ratio wouldn't really matter unless there's a certain amount of mass. And do you agree with the premise of, of uh, the science behind this, this subreddit? I do not. I think that, um, Whoa, hot take. First of all, I mean, I, yeah, I would, I would recommend people, uh, go to the top links from all time. I mean, that's, that's, that's good also because then we can have like a same, the same data set to be talking about sure, because the, sure. the top links from all time are unlikely to change quickly. Mm-hmm. So for example, the absolute top link of all time, which as of this recording has 9,947 upvotes, uh, maybe I'll give it an extra one, uh, <laughs> is, uh, I mean, it, like, so my issue here is like, these are just so obviously breast implants that it looks like, um, it honestly looks like a prosthesis to me. And I think that the nipple position like plays a role in that. It's just so unrealistic. Like, I don't, I mean, I'm not sure I've ever in person, I don't think natural breasts come this way, do they? Okay. Just to make sure we're normalized here, that this lady has blue panties. That's right. I mean, it's the top. Yeah. It's in her, and the, the title was, uh. I'm, I was told to post in here, although I'm not sure about the math. Forty-five, yes. fifty-five? Question mark. Yes. Yeah. So That's, she's. Do you think sure. these are real? <sighs> this picture's tough. I'm. I'm. I'm going in. I'm. I'm, I'm getting the full. 
the full version of it here. It's I don't know if it's airbrushed. So I'm assuming or that you're... The, the camera is in low light, but it's not high enough resolution. Okay, I don't see a scar, but it, it could be. You know that they can. Be, you know, I know. I know there are ways to to do implants that that don't scar, and there could be a scar. Take a look at her belly button. Well, it looks like she used to have a piercing, and it is not. Yeah, well, they can go up through your belly button. What? How do they feed a silicon bag up through your belly button? <laughs> I think saline, right? So then they, Sorry, they put saline, it in. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they put it in deflated, and then they. Uh, the inflate. Like I'm not a surgeon, but uh, I do feel like I've read that that is one of the possible entry ports. Whoa. Is that more expensive? Because there's some inherent risk. We'd have to do like, some research. I don't know that there'd be more risk. Get it past your guts. I mean, before it's a, it gets up into your. No, um, no, no. Because you would just you would just be under the skin. Like there's the abdominal muscle wall and stuff. Like I, I think you would sort of slide in that way. I mean, Jesus. look. Okay, Keith. These are definitely breast implants. <laughs> Like, come on. There's no, this is like, yeah, this, this is like, like if people think these are real, like, have you, have you ever in life, in real life seen breasts that look like, have you ever, like you've touched a lot of pairs of breasts, Keith, like have you ever touched a pair that remotely looked like this that were real? Yes, but they were, yeah, but they were fake, right? No, yeah, that were real. Yeah, right. I mean, if they're, they're I started fake, answering before you before you added the final caveat. Yeah, so no. Yeah, uh, it's just not like, that's, that's not like, this isn't how bodies work. Okay, let let me ask you this. Okay, you say definitely. What percentage chance yeah. would you ascribe to these being fake? Nine hundred. There's no yeah. chance these are fake. Mike, real. come on. You you would you would you would accept a one hundred to one bet? Yeah. Wow. I mean, if you're going to say ten thousand or a million to one, no, because like I don't yeah, think it's okay. crazy. But like a hundred to one, like yeah, like ten dollars versus a thousand dollars. Yeah, I would take the ten dollars because there's no chance these are real. Huh. Yeah. I mean, so, okay. So, so I guess, I, guess, I think these I'm are sure extremely from... likely to be fake. I think I'm like 20 yeah. to one though. I don't, I don't know if I'm. I mean, okay. It would, th- I think the only question there is what, uh, bet ratio you need to, to basically say it's a basically hundred. Of course, nothing in life is a hundred. So maybe I mean 99.5 or something. Right, 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 right. right. Okay. So that would like, be one the, the, the chance that they're real is so small that it's not worth discussing. Uh, I mean, we could take another one, like the, the yeah. second link. Uh, okay. This lady's, uh, it's the title is first time posting here. Do I call yep. Do mine qualify? We're looking at this. Uh, okay. Deal. And she's, yeah, she's pulling up her shirt and she has also blue underwear that she's pulled down. Mm-hmm. Uh, these uh, could well be real. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is much more believable. Yeah. I don't know. They could be fake too, but this is much more reasonable. Yeah. I agree. Although her ratio is not really. Like these ones aren't really pointing that up. Like I, I reject that she has a 45-55 ratio. Now we're seeing these head on, and so you, you can't tell for sure. But don't you find in this picture, Keith, that your eye is drawn? I mean, my eye is completely drawn to her crotch. Yeah, well, she, her panties are pulled down, and it is uh, very smooth down there. And uh, yeah, this reminds me of that subreddit, uh, God Pussy or something. Yeah. That's a good sub. Are you familiar with that one? Yeah, I am. <laughs> I think it's just funny mostly, but okay. <laughs> yeah, for the uninitiated, it's a subreddit that is just usually close-up pics of almost always shaved uh, vaginas. So uh, what? What is? What, why are you bringing this to our attention? Like, what do you masturbate watching? Looking at this? No, I just think 
well, okay, all right. Well, let, let's 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 just establish two things. I think the third pick, those must be fake. It says you guys liked my previous photo. Here's another one. Oh, it's the same girl from the first post. Wow, yeah, she really gets a lot of upvotes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, here it's there. Look, yeah. I mean, you can almost see in this third picture, and we'll put links to these uh, three photos at a minimum in the show notes. You, I feel like I can see some shading in this one from where like the implant bag is on her right breast. And if see. you're looking at it, it's on the in left. In the third like, one, yes, it's a little misshapen. Well. Yeah, I, I see. Yeah, as well. so I mean, it's you know, it is what it is. Like, but it it, it it's kind of obvious to me. Yeah. Uh, now, I mean, well, you know, why do we we don't need to moralize about this? It's more of a personal preference thing. Like, there are men who personally like uh, breast implants. Uh, I do not. Do you see someone, anyone in like the top? 20 here i've been scrolling a bit that seems like their breasts may be real and who have this ratio um it's tough i mean uh (laughs) (laughs) the uh sorry the um let's see one two three four five sixth highest picture i'll put this one in the show notes as well uh has is a woman with white underwear on and her nipples appear to be I wouldn't, she's not 45, 55. She's like 10, 90. Her nipples are pointing straight up. <laughs> uh, I don't, yeah. in fact, I'll say, those are obvious. Yeah. Those are obviously fake. So the thing I would say about this one is that like, I don't, this one actually I have more doubt about because I don't think a doctor would want to produce this outcome. <laughs> right. This, this outcome this is only so be like done comical. by an incompetent, an incompetent surgeon. Or like evolution, like, you know, or nature. So it like makes me wonder, like this, this actually is so misshapen that I think, well, maybe, maybe this is actually nature. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, maybe this is just that first woman again. Yeah, it could be. It is. <laughs> it is. <laughs> so somehow she's able to adopt a pose where her, maybe, maybe she, she can manipulate the implant inside of her chest to change the position of her. Wow, just to, uh, to, to suit to whatever bow she's trying to seduce in that moment. Yeah, so this, I mean, and actually, okay, so this user's username is Great Moon Girl, and of the top uh, all time on this, almost like something like half of them are her, just again and again. Now, maybe not half, maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe half if you scroll down. So, yeah, I guess if you are into this ratio, this is your girl. Here we go. Okay, so there's a woman, uh, and again, this is our fourth one, but I'll put this one in the show notes as well. The yeah. Fifth one, rather. Uh, there's yeah. a woman who is, if you if you scroll to the bottom of this list and you come up, hang on, I have to do this quickly so it doesn't get boring. One, two, three, four, five. The sixth one up from the bottom. It's uh, the your little angel. Mine are naturally forty-five, fifty-five. She actually, it's a, it's a, it's an animated, a moving video. Well, it was kind of short. Uh, are you able to find it? Is how do you spell little angel? Is it? Oh, I see it. I see it. I see it. I see it. I'm on it. You see All it. Right. I gotta. Yeah, they're 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 actually moving. Um, and uh, like I mean, my I'm gonna guess these are fake because they don't move perfectly naturally. But at least it gives you a different uh, aspect. I, I don't like this. I don't like that. In all of these pictures, the nipple looks like it's placed too high, unnaturally high to me. And I suspect this is an outcome of plastic surgery like it's a maybe what i would consider a bad outcome of plastic surgery yeah i think evolutionarily nipples that point up like this may 
indicate youth or something. Like I think as as breasts begin to drop, the nipple angle declines on average. And so pointing up may have some positive value for evaluation. Is that why you find this compelling? Like, I don't know if I, mean, I find this compelling or not. I don't know if I find this compelling or not. I found this subreddit this morning. And uh, I just thought I'd, I'd never heard of this before. And it's strange that <laughs> of all the things that women have to worry about, now they have to worry about the percentage of breast mass above and below their nipple to uh, feel insecure. Yeah, I don't. About. So I don't. I don't find this compelling because of uh, uh, any sort of youth thing. I find it compelling for the most sort of, I guess the word would be like sociopathic reason possible, which is that like there are times when I see photos, videos of women where they look sort of ridiculous, mm-hmm. but they look ridiculous in it. In, in, like it's like there are their clothes. I mean, this is actually a well, sort of a relatively well-formed concept. Like a lot of what are traditionally considered women's clothes are like, in, almost intended, maybe actually intended to demonstrate that they don't have to do any real work. Like, you know, there's a certain set of clothes you wear if you're like, you know, somebody just has to go out and dig holes or whatever, and that's going to be, you know, pants and a, a long sleeve shirt and like some yeah, gloves yeah. and stuff. I mean, you know, these are, and, and women, of course, do do wear things like that, and that's great. But uh, when you talk about like something like a, cont- a cotillion gown or something like that, like part of what's going on there is like, hey, look at me, like I I do nothing. I'm, I'm like non-functional and like, like it or not, I think part of the way we, part of like the evolutionary mechanism that attracts men to women is like, yeah, like a woman who, I mean, high heels, another example, but women who have large breasts, who like have just sort of, you know, bodies that like, don't look like they're really meant for a lot of work. In some ways I find that compelling. Like it's like, and, and in some ways like, I do find that compelling. It's like, that's, to me, that's part of what like, the compellingness of large breasts, like it implies fecundity, but it also implies like, oh, this is this is so female, and female is like the opposite of like the kind of truck that's the man. Like it's, it's more of like an art piece, right? And mm-hmm. so, yeah, so like having their having their breasts like have something weird about them that makes it like just seem nonsensical in some ways like arouses me <laughs> because it's like, oh, look, the, a female body, a body that's not meant for like practicality, it's a body that's meant for art, and so I sort of that sort of attracts me, huh? Yeah. Okay. That doesn't I, attract you. No, I mean, I, I I agree with that general sentiment. It's I don't know if the ratio at all matters in that context. It's but it's just like be. your nipples pointing in an absurd direction. It's a little. It's a little like yeah. Like I find it. It is attractive when a porn star woman uh, wears high heels while getting fucked. <laughs> like it makes no sense. Like why, why why is that compelling? And I think it's compelling because like like this because it's just like look look at me. I, I'm so ridiculous looking. Right. And it's like, yeah, that, that, yeah, that's, I mean, you know, that, that's compelling to men, men, yeah, men like to see women in, in, in these positions that are sort of ridiculous because it's yeah. like, then we feel powerful and we yeah, feel like, oh, I'm going to come and It's easier to sexualize. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Let's move on. Uh, I have a yep. Reddit post here that I think, <laughs> well, this will be, uh, this may remind some of our longer listeners of, of something we've talked about in the past. This person says, how to tell my girlfriend she's got toilet paper all over her vagina and ass. Oh no, I saw this one. <laughs> I feel like every time I go down on her, there's a bunch of TP scraps everywhere. I love going down on her, but I don't want TP in my mouth. Not a one-time thing either. It happens a lot. We don't live together, so I can't get new toilet paper, LOL. 
Also, not sure it is the toilet paper since it happens in my house too, and I've never had this issue before. Also, can't shower together before most of the time. We both live with our parents, LOL. So, yeah, yeah. the number one comment is, sounds like you have crappy toilet paper. It's either too thin or too thick and fluffy. Uh, The fluffy, thicker brands leave a lot of bits behind, maybe worse than the cheap stuff. Um, I, (laughs) okay. I dated someone who, uh, in an early sexual encounter, not our first, but maybe it was our second, uh, came back to the bedroom and she had you know some toilet paper left around her vagina and it basically <laughs> grossed me out to the point that i noped out of the relationship or the or the fledgling relationship uh is this something that you've i mean i she's this is the only person i, I mean i've seen it once or twice since then uh but this is not something i've ever seen as a pattern have you not really i mean but it, yeah i mean it's probably just some sort of weird Hygiene wiping, thing akin to the standing up versus sitting down to wipe your butt. Yeah, it's like some some strange thing. What what that, could uh, she be doing? I have a couple of theories. I've I've been I've been thinking about this. Oh gosh, what could she be doing? <laughs> um, I mean, my first thought is something around standing up while you're wiping your butt. <laughs> but go on. What are you? What are your theories? Uh, theory one is I think less likely, but she could have labia that's sort of makes it so that she gets urine uh, all around there. And when she wipes, there's, there's so much urine that it causes the toilet paper to get wet and, you know, lose its structural integrity. That's theory one. I don't think that's it. Theory two is, well, what do you think of that theory? Um, I think it's much more likely to be behavioral than like some okay. body difference yeah okay okay so I'm, I'm i'm con on that theory theory two is when women shave their pubic hair or get it waxed it, it comes back and there's a period uh where it feels you know their skin feels a little bit like sandpaper when they've got that that stubble coming in that could be catching the toilet paper and and leaving some flakes maybe Maybe she has some, you know, shaving cadence. It sounds like she's a, a young woman here. Uh, maybe she has some shaving cadence where it's often sort of uh, rough and scratchy, and it's catching toilet paper that way. Thoughts? Uh, okay, one thing. I mean, I'm not sure how interesting this is, but one thing that I've noticed is, uh, if let's see, if you're wiping after peeing. So, and I don't usually, men don't usually do this, but like occasionally, like for whatever reason, like I will, uh, I'm trying to think even why I would do this. Um, maybe, maybe you're wearing khaki pants and no underwear and you don't want any dripping. something like no underwear. I don't know about that, but, but <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, it's, it's happened to me where I do that. And, 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 and there is this po- point of wetness that you, the head of your cock can be at, mm-hmm. like if it's sufficiently wet, it's just going to like be absorbed, you know? It'll absorb properly the way you expect, but there's a level of wetness where instead you put some paper, some some toilet paper touching it, it dries immediately and it sort of actually adheres to your penis. And I've, I know this. The reason I know this has happened to me, I'm having trouble like exactly coming up with why, but I know this has happened because I've had the situation where like I then have to like rub kind of aggressively on my cock to get the stuff off like it actually like adheres and so maybe it's simply that she's wiping beyond the point of 
she's white. Like maybe she needs to wipe a little less because it's like, it's drying too much and getting to that like point where it like sort of becomes glue like yeah. attaches. I, I don't know if you've had that kind of experience also. Uh, I don't, I don't know. I mean, look, I've, I've used paper towels and toilet paper before. Like I know that there's some sort of like bonding that occurs at like the right level of moisture. So and I understand what you're saying. Would you find this like what level of, of uh, tolerance would you have if this was like a regular behavior from your partner? Low. I mean, I would have a low tolerance for this as a regular <laughs> behavior. I would be like, look, uh, you need <laughs> you're to do something wrong. Yeah. Like it's like, I mean, it, it, yeah. Although, I mean, honestly, like yeah, not having female anatomy, I don't like, I, I could imagine that this could become like a real problem. Like if things, cause like with your, with your penis, like you can rub it kind of aggressively, remove the stuff. But if, if, it, if, if, if you kind of glued in a bunch of toilet paper up in there for a woman, like what would they even do to remove it? Like, I, cause they're not going to want to rub, I guess. The, yeah. I guess they just have to kind of go nuts on it, you know, kind of. Kind of, kind of work it out, you know. Put in some elbow grease. Yeah, yeah. It seems uncomfortable. I, th- I think this is kind of the situation where, you know, if you're talking to somebody you don't know very well and they have something in your teeth, in their teeth, it's uncomfortable to tell them that. But it's better. You just have to do it, right? Like the 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 situation demands that you do it because they're going to know you didn't There's tell a- them if you don't. There's no chance she doesn't know this because the other thing, oh, maybe she doesn't, maybe there is a chance. Cause I, what I was going to say is well, the she other might thing think it's normal words. No, no. Okay. Well that, yeah, maybe. Okay. I really hard to believe that. The, the thing I was going to say is like, I've had the situation before where I didn't realize there was this thing I described with toilet paper on my cock. And then like I went to pee again and I noticed it. I was like, Oh, and you have to like sort of rub it off and, and, and you can actually use a little bit of the pee to get it wet again. Mm-hmm. Right. You're at the urinal. So you're at a yeah. urinal and you go, oh, and, and then, and then you go wash your hands, of course. You know, Naturally. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, you could do that. But for a woman, maybe she wouldn't see it because like her parts are, are not as visible. And so, you know, yeah, I mean like there's, look, this goes to like a somewhat deep seated fear, like that women have, uh, and it's totally understandable. Uh, like when you go to have sex, like you can go to the bathroom and quickly look at your genitals and see what's up. Like a woman can't do that. Not easily. I mean, like, yeah, she can go, like, let's say she's at your apartment. Like, do you have a hand mirror there for her to like squat on the ground and put the hand mirror on the ground so she can check whether there's anything going on? Like, so let's say with, you know, with her butthole, like for you, there could be something going on with your butthole, but like, it's unlikely to be relevant to sex. But for her, it's very likely to be relevant to sex. Yeah. So like there's, you know, you could see this and and you see this like on the sex subreddit, like women kind of obsessing over their level of cleanliness. And I think part of that is, yeah, the invisibility of it. Well, that's part of my confusion here. Like when I go to the dentist, I make sure I like floss and use mouthwash and brush my teeth before I get in there. Like I, I just, you know, maybe my mouth isn't always pristine, but it, it, it damn well is as close as it can be before I go to the dentist. That's weird so, because I, I always go to Taco Bell and have a quesadilla. <laughs> you eat a bunch of onions and garlic. And, and Hell yeah. You, get, you like, use a lot of words that start with sauce. H. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> Great. Uh, yeah. So I, I mean, I just, I would expect that women would, uh, try to be careful, more, more careful with this kind of thing, but maybe she doesn't know. Like, look, they do. Yeah, no, I think they do. I mean, yeah. Maybe this one doesn't for some reason. And like, I, you know, I don't want to force modesty 
on, on people. Like I think women are already a bit too modest. And so, uh, you know, I don't want, I don't want to make like a huge deal out of this, but, uh, yeah, it's not normal to have, uh, flakes of toilet paper around your genitalia. Yeah. That's my, that's my PSA. Okay. All right. We're going to move on okay. here. We'll go yeah, ahead. Can I, Keith, can I uh, read? There's one that I starred a, a thing out of the sex separate. I don't know if it's on your oh. list or not, but I wanted to read it. I don't know if we have to discuss it very much, but I, I wanted to get your reaction. If I could, okay. if I could read one. I'm here. All right. It's real quick, real quick. Okay. Uh, the title is I ate his ass. Is that on your list? <laughs> no. Okay. No. It uh, it got removed, so I'll put the link to the um the removed, removed it. like revedit.com. Removed yeah. it doesn't work anymore. It's rev revedit. Really? That's oh, what I got. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so it's a woman speaking because I well, it is a woman. It's not homosexual. It's a woman. Okay. I don't know who I can tell about this, but oh my god. I have this casual thing going on with a guy friend and his ex-wife apparently ate his ass one time and when they were drunk and he loved it. He liked it. He always told me he never wanted or expected that, but I was drinking and wanted to stimulate his prostate. So I put a finger in, this gets really gross, then eventually <laughs> started tonguing him. So she put her finger in, then eventually started tonguing him and got him on his knees. He was moaning like crazy and I was licking his ass to his balls. My face was covered in flavored lube. Oh. Very important. <laughs> All right, I have to say this without gagging. In parentheses, <laughs> she says, very important. It covers any smell or taste that might be lingering. Like, and parenthesis, I hate lube or saliva <laughs> touching my face, but I was so into it. It was such a cool experience, and I just had to share. And then she just got a bunch of like replies, you know, supporting. Well, one person said there shouldn't be any nasty smells or tastes if he's clean. So flavored lube isn't important. I disagree. <laughs> so any, I any di- reaction? I disagree on this. Okay. Yeah. I think it is harder for men to keep their assholes pristinely clean than it is for women, right? Like men have Ooh. more hair. Women can have hair, but they have less and, and lots of them use various techniques to remove the hair. Anyway, I think men are less likely to be assiduous uh, in their cleaning of their assholes. I think Ooh. men, I mean, she even says it, right? You need like some sort of mask to mask the, the, uh, the foulness of, of that area. Uh, and uh, I don't, it's hard. I've had women ask to uh, eat my ass before and I, and I have so far declined, but it's mostly cause like, I just don't want to impose my asshole on anyone. Like that just sounds fucking awful. Yeah. I, well, the notion of, uh, you, of covering of, I mean, this is very similar to that thing of like, uh, what is it? Uh, you cover it with jelly or something. I don't know. There's some, there's some like comedy routine where it's like, uh, yeah, I can't remember the details, but yeah, I mean like, it's not, it's, it's, it's the, the notion, the notion that your solution to it being gross is to put flavored lube on it. That's not the point of flavored, flavored lube. The point of flavored <laughs> lube, first of all, I, f- I find flavored lube, the notion disgusting, but the point of it is you put, is just to avoid the flavor of like unflavored lube, right? I mean, you know, the notion like, well, if this gets it in my mouth, it won't chemically taste like, like oil or whatever. Right. Yeah. Uh, the point is not to use it as like some sort of weird butthole <laughs> deodorant. Uh, <laughs> it's disgusting. Right. And right, also right. like <laughs> notice that like she, her claim is that she licked it after she was doing prostate stuff. So then, so this is terrible. Like, I mean, so you imagine if you're with a woman and she's like, she lubes up your, this, yeah, it's like a, 
a horror movie. She I mean, moves it up. She puts her fingers in there and then she starts licking it. Like, right. oh my God. Yeah. She goes in and like forensically pulls literal shit out and then, you know, starts getting in there with her mouth. Like, look, sexual contact between people is just kind of gross. We, we have our discussed mechanism and reactions. Those are greatly suppressed during sex. Um, I find many things hot and attractive during sex that I, I wouldn't in an, in a non-aroused state, but yeah, the, the hump of, um, my asshole being involved in, in sexual engagements is, is not one that I've, that I've summited yet. Yeah. And the, uh, the, um, just so our listeners know the comedy thing I was looking for is uh, calling it tossing the salad and it's from a Chris Rock comedy special. That's what I was okay. looking for there. And that uh, you put some jelly on it. And uh, I always found that pretty gross. Um, anyway, I just wanted to get your reaction to that when you can carry on with the, with the regularly scheduled uh, topics. Yeah, that's, I mean, you, you knew that I would find that horrifying. Uh, okay. Surprisingly gross. Yeah. Well, um, her writing ability is, um, yeah, the, the amount of disgust per word is, is very high there. She should be proud. That's true. This person says, uh, found a condom inside me one day later, but he pulled out. Well, shit, never thought this would happen to me, but I've been seeing this guy for a few months now and we had sex 1.5 days ago. In the moment, I asked if he pulled out and he told me yes. Fast forward the following day uh, at nighttime, I guess that's 1.5 days later, I take a shower and see the condom slipping out of me. I'm in shock. It's morning time now and I'm wondering if I should go buy the pill or wait out my period, which is supposed to come in the next four to five days. I don't want to comment on that. Um, I'm annoyed he didn't notice that he didn't throw away a condom after. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's the issue here. I'm going to tell him this, but I'm kind of disappointed he didn't know to hold the base when pulling out. Has this ever happened to anyone else? Uh, I had something like this happen. <laughs> but go on, yeah. The number one comment. Had a friend where this happened to her, but she didn't find out find it. The next guy did. <laughs> she, the, uh, the, condom, the condom was on the baby's forehead when it was born. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Okay. First off. Um, yeah. When, when he pulled his cock out and there was no condom on it, he knew he just didn't say anything. Uh, that is basically unforgivable unless, I mean, it's unforgivable in any circumstance, but uh, if it's like a very early, like, you know, if they're 17 and, you know, it's the first time they were ever having sex and like, he didn't really know what the etiquette and whatever is, then, then like, maybe that's like a mildly mitigating factor. But yeah, like if you don't, <laughs> know where the condom is you've uh you've messed up i don't understand but and that's i mean that's been talked about ad nauseum what uh I, how do women not feel when there are various items inside their vaginas so there's there's the famous I, I, i'm gonna say this and, and there's the famous jolly rancher story there's various stories. I'm sorry, Mike. Yeah. Our listeners can't see, but he's wincing. Uh, for those who don't know, I, I strongly recommend not Googling it. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, you read things on the sex sub subreddit with, with some, uh, regularity about condoms, like being uh, stuck up there for like amounts of time that aren't counted in seconds. And I don't understand like what, what's going on inside vaginas that you can't feel foreign objects? Well, I mean, <clears throat> so a couple things. Uh, um, 
I, yeah, I have some experience in this area, but I'll answer your question first. Um, if I put a condom up your butthole, like into your colon or whatever, you know, kind of far enough that like it wasn't uh, sticking out your anus or touching your anal sphincter, you would going. not be able to feel it. Is yeah. that, I mean, like is that you true? can feel a poop because it's yes, definitely. Definitely true. Yeah. No, you, you can feel like fullness, but you cannot feel like some, you know, yeah, like there's no, there's no actual uh, sensory feel. Okay. Maybe that's a good it's, analogy. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, Maybe that's a good analogy, but like, l- let me, let me hit you with, hit you with another one. Okay. If there was a condom in your mouth, you can feel it. Okay. What if there's a condom in your armpit? You could feel that, right? Yeah. I mean, your ex, yeah. But if, if there was a condom in your pancreas, you couldn't. Right. It's like, it's like they're, they're organs that are like more and less uh, necessary okay, to have fine. like uh, sensory Nerve neurons in and yeah, like there's okay, no fine. benefit. Yeah. So then. And it's totally, yeah, measurable. Why does, why does, uh, why does, okay, why does size matter at all if women can't like basically determine if there's like even an object inside their vagina? Sure. Two reasons. Uh, and, um, these will both bum you out as a smaller man. Um, sorry, modest, modest sized. Um, number one is girth matters because like, you know, you, you, well, I mean, use like your, like, let's, yeah, use your anus as an example. Like you can feel the difference between like a, you know, narrow thing and a wide thing going through your anus. Like that you, you would feel that. I mean, you, you know that from pooping. Uh, so there's that. And so like that would change like, you know, the sensations produced. And then also like if you bottom out and get all the way to the end of the vagina, you're going to sort of like, and you can do this with your fingers, if not your cock, uh-huh. you're going to get to the point where you uh, uh, like actually kind of stretch something there. And like, that's something that's a fullness thing you will, will have a sensor for. And also like your, your, so I guess three things. The third thing is like, there is, there are like fullness sensors, right? Like you, you can feel when you're, uh, rectum is full. You need to go to the bathroom. And similarly, like a woman can feel when her vagina is full. It's just, she's not going to feel like the exact details of what's going on. And she's certainly not going to feel a condom. And by the way, uh, the whole point of like tampons is you don't feel it, right? right? Women wouldn't use them if you were like, oh yeah, that I feel that weird thing. Like that's like one of the signs that like you're doing it wrong is if you feel it. That's a good right? point. That's a good point. So that, so that gives you an idea of the size and, and frankly, like something bigger than that, I think you wouldn't feel it unless it was sort of moving. There is obviously a size where you would feel it, where you'd be like, oh, there's something going on here. Okay. Um, but you, you know, mentioned, they, yeah. you mentioned you had some personal relevant experience here. Yeah. Two things. Uh, one, uh, I personally knew a woman, a young woman who had, was in a relationship with an actually significantly older man who forgave him after this happened because he claimed that he couldn't tell that it, the condom had broken. Uh, he was definitely lying. She did not believe me. He was lying. Every man knows that he was lying. And this is one of those things like women don't, she believed him. And it's just like, no, he definitely knew the condom broke. It's like, it, it gets a lot more pleasurable, particularly uh, like if, if you, if you have a session with a condom and then three days later, you have a session without a condom, you might be like a little unclear. If you have a session with a condom and, and then take the condom off in the middle <laughs> It's really obvious or if the condom rips. And I know this partly because of the second story, which is I have had the experience as I think many men have, maybe most of having a condom rip usually rips because there's not enough lubrication. And so like the condom starts getting like yanked down on each in stroke. 
Yes. And then your the head of your cock sort of pokes through. Yeah. And I had the I had the experience of having a condom break, and so put another condom on. But it broke in such a way that there was some of the rubber stuck left in her. And yes, I had this experience of her like having the panicked, you know, she thought she's like, I, I think I'm pregnant and stuff like that. And I was like, no, like, you know, yeah, like I had to call, you know, we had to have a conversation to calm down, right? Because it was like, no, I, that, that's not what happened. It was just that there's a piece of the broken condom, but she's still like, it's, it's so like terrifying uh, to a woman that like she might be yeah. pregnant that like she was yeah. very upset. So. Yeah. Yeah. A couple of things here. Yeah. I've broken a condom. I have never broken a lubricated condom though. So yeah, I, your explanation of how condoms breaks. Yeah. I've, I've broken a condom twice and both times they were not lubricated. And yeah, I think it's because it gets like caught and there's some tugging um, that eventually yeah. breaks like the, the forgiveness of the, of the latex. Well, you um, want lubrication on the outside and not really on the inside. Correct. Right. You don't want it to rub against your cock because if it does, then it's like some sort of weird tug of war between which is more lubricated. The right. So like a way this could happen also is you have a lubricated condom and you put it on upside down, inside out. Right now you are lubricating against it. Yeah. And, you know, so, so in, in fact, that's probably why I had that one break that I remember. Like yeah, huh. it's probably just was that, that, that simple mistake. Uh, yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. That or maybe sense. she just wasn't that into me and there wasn't a whole lot of lubrication involved. It, I, it could be that too. Yeah. I mean, the other thing, I as you I, know, women don't like me that much because of my personality, mm-hmm. but go on. Yeah. The only other thing I wanted to mention here was there's like, when I orgasm into a condom, there's, yeah, you, you need to like pull your cock out and, you know, make sure the condom comes with it. And so what you do is you hold the base of the condom and, and pull out. There has never been a situation where I've like, forgotten to do that or like forgotten that I was wearing a condom. Like I, it's just like something you pay attention to when you're wearing a condom. And no, I have, I don't always hold the butt base or when I, when I've used condoms, I haven't always held the base because, uh, uh, sometimes like sometimes it's just obvious that it's not going to come off. Like if your cock is still pretty hard, like the, the, the issue there is if it becomes flaccid quickly or if you, and I don't like, because of defects in my personality, I don't like doing this. But if you like remain coupled for a long time after you have your orgasm, yes, <laughs> apparently some guys like that. Uh-huh. Yes, I like to run away and uh, and play video games immediately. Yeah, but yeah, fine. There's uh, yeah. I mean, when you orgasm in a condom, sometimes you know some of the semen can get on your shaft to, to add some lubrication there. Like whatever, it could slip off for whatever reasons, but. I've even had the experience where like I've, I've pulled out and like it slipped off, but that's why I now hold it by the base. Uh, but this notion that like you might forget and leave it on there is, doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, yeah. Do you have anything more to add there or shall we, shall we wrap up? No, I think we could have time to do one more topic if you'd like. Let's see here. Uh, this one's pretty simple, but the thing is, I feel like, well, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see where this, where this goes. Um, it's, it's short. Is pegging gay? Debating with a friend. I don't think it's gay if it's the opposite yes. gender, which makes it totally straight. <laughs> uh, okay. Okay. What The thing about this is, it, yeah, I mean, go, go on. Yeah. Okay. I think, let, let me see if I can ape the 
argument that um, a straight man who really likes pegging might make. He might say, it's not the feelings that I like on my body that makes me gay. It's the sex of the people that I'm attracted to. That's right. And, and, and he'd be right. I mean, like I, I was sort of kidding when I said yes. I mean, it, it, I was kidding. Um, it's not. What pegging is, is it's submissive. Now, I mean, you, like most of the time men are dominant. I mean, mo- when I say most, like really most of the time, men are more dominant and women are more submissive, right? Um, and so it's sort of unusual for a guy to want to be the more submissive partner. Um, but I don't think that natural. I don't think that forces you to be gay. I think it could make you more likely to be bisexual, but I don't. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just like you. Yeah, you want to. You want to have things done to you. That is what it correlates with. <clears throat> I mean, I realize there are these dudes who say that they can have like a thirty-minute-long orgasm via their prostate, and so their butthole is the only way to real sexual bliss. I think that's a um, usually a sort of sort of a justification for just wanting to do something submissive. It's, I mean, yeah, like think about it. It's extremely a very submissive thing to do. Like, uh, and, and, and like you're not where, whereas a woman, when she's being penetrated, like there's, yeah, her organs are set up to make that pleasurable for her. And I mean, to some extent, I mean, she can masturbate and stuff and make it better. And, and some women claim with limited evidence that, um, they, have orgasms through penetration with no clitoral stimulation. But anyway, uh, they get pleasure out of it. Um, <clears throat> for a man, like it's really much more limited than that. I mean, it's like, yeah, you some prostate something or other, but it's not, it's, it's mostly just somebody sticking a rubber thing in your body. I don't. Okay. So <laughs> I have not experimented with prostate play. So I don't know what realms of pleasure lie there and beyond. So I don't have a strong opinion about whether it could massively improve my my sexual experiences. I kind of not super eager to find out. I mean, what if I find out I love it? Then you're sort of stuck requiring this like submissive act or dominant participation by your by my by my partners and I don't I don't really yeah, I would I would almost rather not know. Uh, but yeah, I mean, were, were you mentioning the submissive aspect because you think there may be some correlation between submissiveness and homosexuality? Um, I mean, it, it depends. I mean, like, you know, like anybody, uh, gay people are going to have dominant, more dominant, more submissive people. Um, but yeah, and I, I actually don't know. I don't know whether, I don't know whether a higher percentage of men who are gay are submissive. My guess would be yes, because if you have two really dominant men and they're going to have sex with each other, it starts getting complicated to think of like, well, what's going to happen be- because somebody has to receive, I guess they could beat off near each other or something, but just somebody has to, there is a, like sex is something with, that has a dominant and submissive aspect to it. And so somebody would have to, and so, and so to do take on that role. And whereas if you have a hetero relationship, well, it's, it's straightforward, right? It's usually going to be almost always going to be the man dominant and the woman submissive. But if it's gay, you have to have a submissive man. So that, it strikes me that probably 50% of gay men are submissive, right? Because otherwise, how would it work? At least 50%, you know, are going to be, have that more aspect, you know? Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, yeah, I just don't know why. I mean, it doesn't seem inherently true or obviously true to me that prostate stimulation would imply anything about your sexuality. Now, certainly there's a, there's an enormous correlation between post- prostate play and sexuality, but I mean, yeah. the, the problem with that is, is that like, okay, yeah, look, I, I was kind of using the guys who claim the 10 minute orgasms as like a exception that proves the rule or something. It's like, yeah, there, there are these people who say that. And by the way, like you can, you can get some sense of that by like pressure on your taint and stuff like that. I mean, the, the prostate's not that deep inside your, your body. Um, but, but like, I mean, so if you want to like try to try to simulate it and get some idea of, of what you're talking about there. But like the reality is like most of what's going on with pegging is a, a, a somebody it's yeah. It's a guy, it's somebody who wants to like be used in some way. Um, there, um, there are better ways to process, to stimulate your prostate. If that's really what you're getting pleasure from, I would think having a, a vibrator where the vibrating part kind of gets to the right spot would make yeah. more sense. You can yeah, angle like it. So it gives pressure on the prostate. Yeah. Yeah, having somebody fucking your ass is not, <laughs> in my view, primarily about this. And also, uh, look, it makes sense to me. I, I've thought about this. You know, it makes sense to me that like if you're into that, then it's it's obvious that it's going to be more compelling. The emotion that you have, the submissive emotion you have from getting fucked, is going to go up when the person fucking you has an orgasm from it. <laughs> And is enjoying it like for that way in that way. And it's also yeah. going to go up. It's more submissive. It is if a woman, it is more, if a woman wants to be submissive level, a certain level of submission would be, oh, a man put a dildo or a finger in me. It is a higher level of submission to have a man spew his nut in you. Right. <laughs> and so therefore it makes sense to me that if that emotion is what's coming from it, so like then, then, then it's not that it's not that you're gay, but it makes sense to me that you could amp that up by trying it with a man. And right. so it certainly makes you curious about it. And what's wrong with that? I don't, you know, I mean, I don't, you know, and, and by the way, like you could have sex with a man and not be romantically attracted to them. You just want to be like abused in some way. Like that makes sense to me. Like what's wrong with that? Other than that you have like STI risks and stuff. But if you control for that stuff, like, yeah, if you want to be pegged, like how much better to have a, a real man back there nutting and, and enjoying it. That must really make you feel submissive, right? <sighs> Well, if you're repulsed by men, that could be an issue. Well, you could, uh, you could look, you could, um, like I've seen porns like this. You, what you do here, I'll I'll tell you how you do it. You construct a barrier. It's not a glory hole. It's close though. A barrier made of say drywall, or it could just be sort of plastic and Mm -hmm. you put a hole in it. That's the size of your torso and you uh, get on hands and knees with your body through that. Now you can't see who's back there and it starts out as a woman and it switches to a man, right? Or it could just be a man <laughs> right. the whole time. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. So, I mean, I don't, why, like, why do you, why does whether you're repulsed by a man have to matter? Like what you, what you're looking for is to be dominated. In fact, actually the fact that you're repulsed by him should make it more submissive, right? It's like, Ooh, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm willing to do even that. Yeah, this makes sense to me. I think it does make you gay. I changed my mind. It's it's curious to imagine. Okay, if you enjoy being pegged by a woman, 
with a plastic dildo. It's hard to imagine not being curious about taking that next step because it, it, it seems like it would feel better, maybe both physically and emotionally. So yeah, I don't know. It's slippery slope. I think, and by the way, I think every I think everybody is curious about all these. Like, I'm curious. I, when you say the word curious, like it depends on what you mean. Like, I, I think it's hard not to see it as being as as finding the next step compelling. Uh, I'm curious about what it's like to have a dude fuck you. But aren't you? Well, it took until episode fifty two for Mike or forty two for Mike to finally come out. <laughs> and, and Look, I mean, are. I'm curious about all kinds of things. <laughs> I'm curious about skydiving and, uh, you know, I'm curious, I'm curious what it would be like to be like, look here. I'm curious what it would like. And okay, there, there is a whole series. This is true. There are videos, there are a whole series of videos on YouTube. You can look them up mm-hmm. of different ways of people being executed. Why do those exist? They exist because people are curious about what it would be like to be boiled in oil or to, uh, <laughs> Be stuck on like some peg, you know, you know, impaled. Right. That's what it is. Impaled. Oh, think people are curious about it. Now, of course, you can only be executed once. So it's sort of rough. You can only pick it. Doesn't mean that you want to be executed. It means that like, yeah, people are curious, like, well, what what is that like? Yeah, what's it what's it like to have a guy behind you doing that to you? I, yeah, I'm curious. It doesn't mean I want to do it. I also don't want to be boiled in oil. <laughs> right, right, right. So, okay. All right. So there, I'm not so it doesn't mean I'm gay. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Uh, it's interesting. Maybe something else means it. Verbal gymnastics yeah. there, but uh, we'll, we'll let the listeners decide. So that'll do it for episode 42 of Your Mileage May Vary. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time.